Nevada basketball is Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett, joined by my co-host, Austin. Can you feel it in the air? It is officially tournament time. The Mountain West tournament begins later this week for the men's, while the Mountain West women's tournament is going on as we speak. And as we were recording this on Monday afternoon, Nevada, the eighth-seeded Nevada Wolfpack take on the number one-seeded Boise State Broncos. And it's not looking that great for the Wolfpack, but there's still a lot of time left in this game. We'll cover that later. The game probably won't be over by the time we're done recording, but it's, the show has to go on. Uh, men's basketball won two games this week to claim a share of the Mountain West uh, ter- uh, regular season title. The first one of their threes on their wristbands. Nevada um, beat Air Force, and then we beat we blew the doors off San Diego State, which was a little bit shocking. Uh, baseball had a rough week in San Diego, and then softball had a very good weekend in uh, I believe it was the Bay Area uh, for the for their tournament, but kicking things off with men's basketball, we went to uh, Air Force and we won ninety to seventy one. This is a game we thought Nevada would blow the doors off Air Force because it was obviously the first game since uh, Utah State, but Nevada did score ninety points, which is great. It was led by Cody uh, Caleb Martin who, who scored, or what? It was led by Jazz Johnson who put up twenty seven points off yep. the bench. 7-10 from deep. He At one point, I think it was 7-7. Seven seven. The Twins combined for 34 points. Uh, pretty good. Jordan Caroline recorded another double, 10-10. Ten ten. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, this game really showed our offense ability, I think, through um, our shooting. We, we've been kind of lackadaisical on the shooting end, kind of sitting around not the best three-point shooting percentage we've we'd like. This game really showed what the Wolfpack can do uh, uh, shooting the ball from three. Jazz Johnson having a career night, you know, 27 points, just absolutely killing it. Seven for 10 from the three-point line. The team did really well from the three-point line besides a few outliers. They went uh, 50% from the three for the entire game, 13 for 26. Uh, that's that's a lot of threes putting up, but that just shows, you know, our offense. And they were hot this game. I'm glad we were able to get the, the win, but – a little lackadaisical from our defense, but that is um, somewhere we've we've seen really good improvement for this year is our defense, so I'm not too worried, but uh, offense really came to show up this game. Yeah, no, the defense, it was a slow start, definitely a close game. Nevada uh, only had a four-point lead going into halftime, then it widened its lead in the second half. Uh, Cody added 18 points, Caleb dropped 16 uh, but oh yeah, overall the the highlight of the game was Jazz Johnson. He just not kept knocking down uh, shot after shot after shot. As we mentioned, career high for um, points for Jazz. So it was good to see that Jazz really was productive off the bench. This is the first big scoring outbreak for Jazz um, this year, and so it was great to see. And even when he he played 31 minutes and put up 27 points, which is pretty good. Uh, even when he started, he didn't really have that big of an impact. So it's good to see that on nights like this, Jazz Johnson can be the could be the X factor for the pack. And this is something that I think will be uh, useful in the tournament when Jazz Jazz Johnson could be the guy who gives you a big three point shot made. Right, and it wasn't. It didn't really seem like from the get go he kind of had this outlook of I'm going to drop 27 points career high tonight. It just kind of seemed like he was shooting, and the the shots kept falling in, and he just kept shooting, and it was it was great to see because, like you said, we haven't really seen too much productivity outside the big three. Sure, Treshawn Thurman has had a really good had a couple good games. Trey Porter has had a couple good games. Jazz Johnson has even had a couple good games. But this is this is kind of starting to show, you know, Treshawn Thurman a couple games ago, Jazz Johnson with this game. They're showing that a fourth guy can really step into this role and truly produce off whether it's off the bench for Jazz Johnson or Treshawn Thurman. Uh, you know, these guys can really produce, and, you know, it's nice having four other guys in double digits that scoring. That's always nice. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just nice to see someone other than the big three really showing up. Yeah, before the Air Force game, uh, the high the high season high for Jazz was 20, and he right. scored that in the, uh, the Little uh, – no, it was the Tulsa game. Right. So it's good to see that Jazz really put on a team. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really worried about this game. 
because uh, we saw what the offense has been doing since that uh, first Air Force game where they only scored 20 points in the first quarter. And so it was good to see Nevada's offense come in, double that, put up, uh, was it 40? They put up 40 something in the first half alone. So uh, they put up 45 in the, they put up 45s in each, in each uh, half. So it was good to see the Wolfpack. Uh, play well. This was their final road game. They knew that in order to claim a stake in the tournament, in the for the share of the Mountain West title, they had to come out and win. They couldn't. Uh, they couldn't drive any close games. But the Wolfpack played to their level. Yeah, they played. They played great. You know, and like like we said, the defense could have been a little bit better. We see. You know, we see that we forced ten turnovers, which is nice, but it's just. You can't let a team shoot fifty percent from the fifty percent from the field and forty eight percent from three the entire game. Granted, our def- our offense absolutely killed it as well. It's just you know this really was an offensive game and it kind of seemed like the team was gonna fight offense with offense a little bit, which isn't too bad. It's just we'd like to see a little bit more effort off the defensive end. Moving on until the second game of the weekend, uh, Nevada returns home for senior night. Uh, Nevada absolutely dismantled the Aztecs, 81 to 53. Game was close in the first half, although there was multiple stretches where uh, Nevada had big leads, but then San Diego State managed to cut it to five at the halftime, and then at halftime, San Diego State failed to score. Yeah. They scored 16 points in the second half alone, which wasn't very good. Nevada was able to get good momentum from uh, the crowd, which was incredible like it like it's been all year also uh Caleb uh, uh, Martin dropped 25 uh Jordan Caroline had a double double so good to see that the seniors played well uh this was a very emotional night you have, obviously you had the uh jersey jersey being handed out beforehand so it was great to see that all eight seniors uh were recognized but Nevada, Nevada came away, played really well in offense. Um, some takeaways is uh, Hemsley getting booed every time he got the ball. I thought yeah. that was hysterical. Uh, for San Diego State, Nolan Narin, a very incredible stat line for him. Three fouls in one minute in the first half. He finished the game with four, two minutes of play, four fouls. But what was interesting is San Diego State shot the ball really effectively in the first half, and then in the second half, they lost the touch. Uh, in the second half, they shot the ball 20% from the field, 11% from three-point line, and 50% from the line. Not great. Yeah, this game was this game was close going into half. Uh, they were only down by five. Like you said, they were shooting the ball pretty well, 48% from the field, 75% from three. They were 9 of 12 from three-point line in the first half. So these guys, they were coming out shooting. They were, they were fired up. But it was just, you know, like you said, the defense in the second half, the Wolfpack completely changed their attitude and came out of the second half completely fired up. And it was a great game to watch. Like you said, senior night made everything really special. Caleb dropped 25 points on his senior night. And it was just kind of special seeing, you know, the the big three take their final curtain call in Lawler. The crowd really liked it, and I think it was a, it was a really special thing. Um, but overall, the team team played great. It was nice to see that that defense step up in the second half and ultimately uh, get that dub. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Nevada did play um, with it with a chip on their shoulder because the last time uh, Nevada played San Diego State, we obviously know the outcome of that one. They lost. Uh, but Trey Porter, 13 points. Caleb, 25. Uh, Jordan Caroline had an okay okay nights, uh, 16 points. Uh, 12 boards, but he shot poorly from the free throw line, 3 of 10, so this is an issue that if teams see this, they're going to foul Jordan Caroline at the end of the games because, you know, he's the weakest link when it comes to free throw shooting, but bench scoring in this game was definitely not a uh, thing, as between both uh, both teams, they combined for 9 bench points, so it was heavily relying on the starters, but the fouls were so much in favor of Nevada that Nevada shot 20 of 35 from the free throw line. That's a 57% mark. Not great. But San Diego State only got to the line 17 times and made seven of them. So Nevada got Nevada made more free throws than San Diego State got to the line. I think things were there were I think there were a bit too many foul calls in this game, but what can you do? It's the Mountain West officials. Right. Yeah. In the first half it was it seemed like it wasn't too bad, but 
once that second half started going, it was it seemed like it was every minute there was a foul called. That was the big story, you know, us getting to the free throw line. Um, but I think even the bigger story was us being not being able to convert at the free throw line. Like you said, that's what that was a kind of a thought that was going through my mind when I was watching the game was if people see this from, you know, scouting us or going into March, this is something that they can look at and say, you know, they're not the best free throw shooting team, and which is interesting because I think in the past, Muss has always been a pretty good free throw shooting coach. So it's interesting to see our teams kind of struggle from the free throw line a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to see, you know, the bench points weren't really there. It's just Jazz with his five, which isn't too out of the ordinary, just Jazz scoring off the bench, but definitely five points is kind of weird to see. He had a little bit of a slower night, one for five from the three-point line. Overall played well, and I'm, I'm glad they got the win in senior night. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. It was great to see um the fans show up and support these seniors. Listen to what Moss had to say on uh the home court atmosphere. I mean I think tonight tied an all time school record. So we'll have to go get that thing next year, first game. Um but I mean to go undefeated, I mean, we played some you know, to go undefeated in conference is hard at home, and then to, you know, to, to do the non-conference, because there were some games that we thought uh, were really quality opponents non-conference as well, and, and it's just hard to do. And, and um, But we have great crowd. I mean, it's turned into, you know, I'm sure if you ask Jordan or myself or Coach Ruta, like, hey, wasn't like this the first year. And um, really special and neat to... I mean, I was out of tickets. I had a college teammate drive over from Sacramento, Marty Munn, and I, I could not get him a ticket until the very, very last minute. So, and I don't know if my son snuck him in through the tunnel or what, but it's, it's hard to get people tickets. You know, it's hard to get a ticket even as a head coach right now. So moving along, we now head into tournament time. Uh, the Mountain West Tournament uh, for men's kicks off uh I believe Wednesday afternoon this with uh there's three games and Nevada will face the winner of Colorado State and Boise State two teams. I wouldn't say Nevada handled, but as we mentioned when Nevada played Boise State in Boise buzzer beater and then when Nevada played at Colorado State it was closed, but when they came to Reno absolute blowouts. So maybe when if they play in the state of Nevada they'll have good success. Yeah, I think any either one of these two teams that we play is going to be a win for us. Um, you know, but it's Mountain West tournament time. You can't take any team lightly, nor do I think the the pack will do that. But I think that uh it's a good matchup for us. I think I think Colorado State might be able to squeak out a W and um that would be the most favorable matchup for us, I think. I th- I think that's going to be a very good game. Right. You, you see two teams who are um who have given the pack fits over time, like yeah. especially over the past few years. So I do think it would be a very good game. I think um, I do think uh, Colorado State wins. Uh, they beat Boise and then obviously lose to Nevada. Yeah, but their the pack's first game is uh, Thursday, March fourteenth at noon. So not I, I guess it's like being the one seed. But you don't get the favorable time. You get the afternoon time mm-hmm. on uh, on Thursday. I was there last year when we played uh, UNLV in that that noon game, and that was really weird because like there was no one there. So, and I, that's how I expect this um, this atmosphere to f- be like, especially for these m- morning games. Right. Yeah. I don't think there's. Yeah, I think Wolfpack attendance is going to be good. I think there's a lot of people going to travel down to Vegas. I've heard. You know, everywhere you kind of go, you kind of hear rumblings of people trying to uh, take the trip down. But I, I think we're going to have a good turnout for, for Pac fans. I don't know how, how much it will be in general. I think it's going to be a good game, though, f- uh, favorable for us. I think we're going to come out hot. And um, I'm not too worried about this first game, but like I said, the Mountain West tournament, you can never take, too, you can never take a team too lightly. Yeah, and if they win, uh, they'll face the winner of San Diego State and UNLV. Uh, this is a rematch. Uh, this w- if San Diego State wins, it'd be a rematch of the s- semifinals from last year. But San Diego, fa- San Diego State fans travel pretty well. Yeah, this will be uh, it'll be interesting. I think I think we probably will play San Diego State. I don't see UNLV um, winning the game, but you never know. 
but it will be an interesting game. You know, that, that game, San Diego State is 1-1 one and one right now, so they have had our number in the past, but I think it'll be I think it'll be a really good game. I think we could squeak out a win. This is this is sort of uh, sort of shaping up to what happened last year, where right. we uh, we beat them at home, and then we played them the, their last game of the regular season at San Diego. They beat us, mm-hmm. and then they beat us in the conference tournament. Uh, so I can see Nevada. If Nevada wins, it'd be like that from last year, and then if obviously they win, they'd be put in the finals. Right. Um, where it's not necessarily an easy, well, it's an easier stretch because Utah State plays the winner of New Mexico and Wyoming, which mm-hmm. two teams suck. Right. And then they'll play the winner of Fresno State and then Air, probably Air Force because San Jose State sucks. Right. So, so the two three matchup is more intriguing than the one four. So, like, but San Diego State's a team that could beat Utah State, can beat anyone because their fans do travel well and it's, not necessarily far from from uh, Vegas to San, uh, San Diego. And so they're, other than obviously UNLV, they're the closest destination. Right. Yeah, I think besides Utah State, uh, San Diego State's like the probably the only team that I'm really kind of worried about. Um, if we play them, I, 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 I still think we'll beat them. But they're the only team that kind of worry me because something about San Diego State, once that tournament hits, uh, they start mm-hmm. they start showing up. Yep. So. It'll really be interesting to see if we play them, but um, they're they're a dark horse to look out for. I think I think they might be able to take it. And I'm not re- I'm not really even worried about Utah State because we we've shown that we can beat them at home. They right. barely beat us on the road, and there were some really bad calls. Now, when if we play them, they're gonna be it's gonna be on the biggest. If we play them, it's gonna be uh, obviously conference finals. Mm-hmm. It's on CBS, and I know last year. Uh, what was it? Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller were calling the championship game. So obviously the eyes are on the Mountain West, and they gotta have the officials to make sure the game is called correctly. Yeah, I I think you know Utah State. We all know how good they are. They you know they show up. They've beaten us. Whatever, um, take a share of the title. But I think it's more just the dark horses that we should be kind of worried about. Cause you know, that Nevada's Nevada's all locked in on Utah state. They got, you know, they got their scouting reports down. They got their matchups down. It's more just, you know, what dark horse might be able to go all the way to the championship might be able to squeak out a win. So I'm not too worried about Utah state either. They are a good team. Don't get me wrong, but um, I do think we have their number. It'll just be interesting. I think we're going to have some uh, good matchups in the mountain West tournament for sure. Yeah. And uh, Nevada, San Diego state's always a great matchup. Right. And then, I would I wouldn't be surprised if Fresno State comes out looking to try to get a bid in the tournament. They you never that, know. They, yeah, you obviously never know what happens in conference play. Look at um, Cardiac Kemba and oh, UConn right. in that run, uh, or even look at what San, San Diego State did last year. Right. Uh, the Mountain West was looking like it was going to be a a one bid league. Obviously Nevada, but then San Diego State ran the table, shocked, uh, blew out Nevada. They beat New Mexico and were able to make it to the tournament, although they did lose, right. but they still made it to the tournament. And then speaking of said tournament, we are only, we are less than one week away from Selection Sunday, and the the people who predict uh, bracketology don't have Nevada in their, uh, good, I want to say good graces. Uh, according to Jill Lenardi, Nevada is a sixth seed playing in Salt Lake City. Uh, in the East region, which is weird, uh, he originally had Nevada as a six seed in, I believe it was Hartford. Yeah, one of the one of the cities. Uh, but no, no. If honestly, I'm I'm just hoping Nevada gets San Jose. That's the only thing Nevada needs. It doesn't matter what seed five, four, three, two. They ain't getting the two seed. Right. Six, seven. It does like if Nevada can get San Jose, it'd be perfect. Uh, but right now, uh, we get a rematch of last year, according to Jill Lenardi. Nevada is 6, Texas 11. Uh, if they would win, they'd play the winner of Houston and Montana. So it'd be the battle of two mid-majors who have really uh, stolen the show, uh, especially being ranked all year and especially, for the most part, in the top 10. So that'd be an interesting matchup. Uh, Nevada, I think, sh- will probably get a 4-5 especially if they win the tournament. Yeah, right now I think we 
you know, we're hoping for that four. That would be such a good matchup. But, I mean, a five wouldn't be bad either. Right now, six, I think, like you said, it's not it, – we're not in their good graces. I think I think there's no way we end a season with a six, especially winning out. Um, so I'm thinking a four or five. Um, according to CBS, CBS uh, Sports, they have us a fifth seed in San Jose against uh, 12th seed. So it's like one of those first team in kind of deal. Um, that would be a good matchup for us. Five 12 seed matchups are always kind of scary. You know, they say that's a upset city is a five 12. But, um, you know, I think, like you said, I, anywhere that – as long as the Packer in San Jose, I'm good with the seeding because that means we have a home-esque type of atmosphere with the Pack traveling um, – with the Pack fans traveling. So I think any place that we're in San Jose is going to be a favorable matchup for us. Yeah, Nevada uh, is what what we're looking at now is they're four and one against uh, tournament teams. You obviously have that split against Utah State, Arizona State, uh, Loyola Chicago. Although I don't know if Loyola Chicago is going to get in, seeing that they didn't win their tournament. Right. So it'll be interesting to watch on Selection Sunday where Nevada gets in because it does hold the quad one win. Like Nevada is one and one in quad one games, and you can't really like. Looking at the regular season, we thought Arizona State was going to be a really good team. They, mm-hmm. USC was going to be okay. BYU, although they're second in the second in the WCC, they're obviously never going to win it right. with Gonzaga. Right, and yeah, that's that's one of the things. You know, our basketball team puts together this um, this schedule in hopes that these teams are going to be, you know, if not just as good as last year, if not better. So. You know, they schedule in the hopes of that they're going to be good, and if they don't turn out that way, you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles. But, you know, ASU, like you said, they've underperformed, but they just beat U of A a couple days ago. They're in the tournament right now, as of right now. So it's good to see that the Pack have a a quality win in that essence, even though it's not a quad one. And then the Utah State matchups, you know, that's a good quad one win. Um, So I think, you know, it's interesting to see the teams that we've matched up against that are now in the tournament. Um, Like we said, CBS – has Utah State as a nine right now, so that you know that's a good win for us. So it's interesting to see, but either way, uh, how March is going to stack up, it's going to be fun. I think if Nevada does win the tournament and run the table, it'd be it, if they do beat Utah State, that'd be a really good win. Uh, go two and one in quad one mm-hmm. wins. Uh, that's the only shot I think Nevada has at making it to the four or five. But hopefully, hopefully San Jose is in our future. Hopefully the uh, ter- uh, committee looks at it looks at the lack of good west coast teams yeah look at the lack of uh california teams and the fact that um the mountain west has two teams ranked uh higher than the winner gonna be the winner of the pac-12 which is weird yeah i think you know the pack went out i think they're a four seed if they lose maybe once they're a fifth seed but it, you, it depends on who they lose to right yeah it's, it's all like a what if kind of game but um, you know, I think if they went out, I we're looking at a four seed, and that's a that's a favorable matchup for us. So, either way, it, like I said, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun tournament, and Pack fans are gonna travel, and I think we're gonna go really deep, no matter what seed we are. You're right. Um, yeah, <laughs> Nevada is currently listed below Marquette as a five seed, Bro, I know, and Marquette's lost four games in a row. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying I think I think they're as, they're twelve and six in conference. I think as stuff kind of starts filtering out um we'll we'll see nevada start moving up right uh, a little bit from where they are right now so don't get too worried pack fans i think i think we're gonna start we going up st- we still got x amount of days whenever right. whenever this goes live until selection sunday but expect us to talk about uh nevada seating where they are um especially next week um yeah but we hope nevada gets san jose it's obviously the preferred destination we already know a lot of pack fans will travel. We know there's a lot of pack fans in the Bay Area. So, yeah, no, that that's about it for men's basketball. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then talk about uh, women's basketball. We 
we are back from break following this Nevada game closely. Uh, they are minute 50 left in this uh, the second round of the of the tournament. Boise State missed a three. They got the offensive rebound 67-67, a minute 46. Packer on a big run, uh, 11-0 run over the last three and a half minutes. Boise State misses the jump shot. It's also how is this is also really weird because we're not watching the game we're following it live on the stat tracker. What's going to ha- we don't know what's happening like all it says is Boise State missed the jumper. Oh my god, offensive rebound. Come on, Pack, just reap. Ah. Foul on Teray Briggs, her fourth foul of the game. This is uh not how I am pictured spending a Monday afternoon, but hey, it's whatever. The Pack uh up, oh, they made the first free throw. This game is coming down to the wire, just like what happened in last year's game, 68-67. Uh, Packer, yeah, Packer made four of their last uh, four of their last four field goals. Meanwhile, Boise State has struggled from uh, shooting the ball, but in this game, Nevada shot the ball effectively, just has t- turned the ball over way too many times. Uh, Nevada turned the ball over has turned the ball over 21 times, and Boise State has only turned the ball over eight times. So, not great for the Pack. The Pack are led by uh, Jade Redman, who is 25. Teray Briggs, who has um, who has 14. And Nevada just turned the ball over again. What's going on? The Pack are melting. It's collapsing. What, what is it? Both teams have not had a field goal in the last 235. Boise State hasn't had a field goal in the last 448. What is going on? This is this is really intriguing radio. Brady, uh, uh, Brady Hodgins for Boise State has 35 points. Incredible. Nevada does not have an option for Hodgins. Yeah, that's incredible. You can't let someone have 35 points. The rest of the team has two, seven, seven, two, nine, two, two, and two. Exactly. There's there literally is only one option for. Honestly, at this point, triple team Brady Hodgins. Yeah, that's all you got to do. You make make someone else shoot him. Make someone else who's had a cold night shooting. Their second uh, leading scorer, Luffer, has three of nine points, three of ten from the field, three of eight from deep. Make them shoot it. Make someone who's a cold shooter take a shot in a big moment. Right, and you can't turn the ball over twenty two times either. That's just, I mean. You turn the ball over 22 times, you're pretty much asking to lose. So if the Pack can pull this out, this will be truly amazing. It would be incredible. It would be a huge win for the Pack. The Pack are in the bonus. Boise State is not. So it's good to know what is going on. It seems like this thing is frozen. We haven't had anything since a steal by Bowers. But Nevada, yeah, Boise State has 27 points off turnovers, which is really good. Despite the Pack dominating the rebounding battle there they have 12 more rebounds than the broncos but it's just those turnovers mm-hmm. yeah the, i mean pa- the packer honestly outplaying boise state in almost well, every it's, category it's they're also, shooting they're shooting better than them they out rebounding them it's just they're they're turning the ball over not watching the game we don't know what right. these 22 turnovers are boise state yeah. has 13 steals in comparison to four by the pack so we don't know what's going on whether or not What's happening? But we're just still trying to figure out what's going on in this game. There's still a minute and eleven left, six uh, seventy-one seconds. This game is coming down to the wire. But um, yeah, no, this is great. Nevada got the win yesterday against San Jose State to put him in this position. But we got to see what's happening. Uh, the game's the game shot. I don't know what's happening. The game looks to be frozen, but. We'll try to get uh, that. We'll we'll keep on reporting on it when as soon as it happens. But boys, uh, Nevada did finish their regular season. They finished the regular season uh, eleven and eighteen on the year. I think seven and eleven in conference, I believe, and they got the win over San Jose State, the uh, number nine team in the conference, seventy-eight, uh, sixty-eight. It's good to see the packet. Get a big win. Pack were led by uh, Jade Redmond, who scored 19 points on, uh, who made 11 free throws. Emma Torbert, a name new to us, 
15 points, uh, shot the ball 3 of 4 from deep. Also grabbed 11 rebounds. Teray Briggs had a double-double, 12 and 12, so great to see. Yeah, Emma Emma Tor- Torbert was uh, the the name for this game. Uh, she's a freshman. She she absolutely killed it. I mean, double double. Um, you know, both on the rebounding end and on the shooting end. Three for four from three. Uh, twenty seven points. Absolutely kill or twenty seven minutes. Sorry, fifteen points. Absolutely killing killing it. They she did a she did a really good job, and um, it was nice to see that get that first win over San Jose State to. Uh, now they're playing uh, Boise, but it was a it was a good win to see them advance into the Mountain West tournament. You're right. Uh, Nevada did in that game. The the pack the pack did a very good. They did a um they did a good job hitting their free throws. They made six threes, which I know we're accustomed to saying this pack team isn't a very good shooting team. They shot fifty percent from deep in the in the second half or in the second half. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Right, the big story of this game for me, at least, was um, the rebounding game. Uh, just kind of like we're seeing with Boise as well. Nevada put up forty-five rebounds compared to San Jose State's nineteen. So absolutely killed the rebounding game. That was that was the big difference for me. And you know, when you out rebound a team by that much, I mean, you're getting so many second chance points. You're getting so many, so many, um, so many opportunities that it's a it's a big uh, win. This game is killing us. Nevada, Boise State missed two free throws, and then Nevada turns the ball over. 32 seconds left, still down by one. What is happening? The collapse of the pack. Even though I'm, I'm pretty sure the pack have never led. Actually, no, they led, uh, they led uh, when uh, they were up 43-41 in the third quarter. But this game is just kind of imploding for the pack. They have the chance. They're still on a massive run. They're up a oh, – I'm pretty sure all momentum is slowed, said run down. But they on the stat sheet, it still says Nevada is uh, on an 11-1 run. Boise State calls a timeout, 33 seconds left. Uh, Boise State is 0 of their last five, one of their last eight. No field goals in the last uh, 5-26. And Nevada hasn't made a field goal in the last 3-13. What is going on with this offense? Yeah, these offenses have gone real cold real fast. Yeah, they – they haven't been able to make anything. You know, it seems like Nevada has been giving every chance, and seems like they just keep turning the ball over. But uh, we have 30 seconds left, so keep the faith going. You're right. We are trying to find a glimmer. <laughs> we're tr- no, we're tr- yeah, we're trying to find a glimmer, but we're also trying to find this game so we can know what happens. Uh, they don't want they don't want us to have the game. But yeah, no, you uh, the team looks the team looks like it's playing good. Uh, Obviously, Jade Redmond, 25 points, 11 to 14 from the field. Great game. But it's also looking like uh, they could, the the pack could just not stop Brady, Hud- Brady Hodgins. And it, it's kind of frustrating to see one pl- only one player go off for the, uh, for the, pa- uh, for the Broncos. Right, because, you know, if one player beats you, it's really demoralizing for a team because you're saying, you know, what if they would have just missed a few more shots? You know, what if you would have got a hand in their face? That kind of stuff uh, would have helped them out with defense. But, you know, it is what it is. They just need to find out, uh, you know, these closing 25 seconds, you know, how they can stop Hodgins and hopefully uh, put get some offense on their own end. So we, we, we were able to find a radio stream. So I don't know how this is going to sound when editing this. It's going to be hella weird. But hey, it's whatever. Nevada has the ball, or Boise State has the ball. Thir- oh my. This is frustrating as hell. Okay, pack foul. Looking at the Mountain West uh, women's basketball bracket, if they, if they do. Whoever wins this game will play the winner of I don't even know. This is just really weird radio. Uh, 
Of course, Brady Hodgins is the one who's going to make it. This is just so frustrating. <laughs> so if the winner of this game plays the winner of Fresno State UNLV in the 4-5 matchup. So, yeah, hopefully Nevada can pull this game out. I don't It's not looking like it. It's uh they're up 3 and Nevada's not a very good three-point shooting team. Right. So it looks like the season might come to an end for the Wolfpack. But you never know if they if they win this game, they take on Fresno State or UNLV. Those those two teams are definitely better matchups than the team we're facing now. Boise State's obviously the power the powerhouse of the Mountain West for women's basketball, winning it last year and this year. So um, the, you know if we get this win, that is a huge win propelling us against that you know the winner of Fresno State UNLV. And I think we can take that one. So we just got to get this win now, and that'll be huge for Nevada. You're right. This is a women's basketball team that has been killing it all year. This is, uh, as we mentioned, they made it to the tournament right. last year. This is a team that this is a team that went 25 and four on the year. Their only losses were to number five Louisville. Uh, they lost at Washington State. They lost in conference to at Wyoming, and then they lost. Uh, at Utah State, but other than that, they've bro- they've breathed uh, breezed through the competition. They've only played the they played the pack um, twice. They barely beat us when they came to, came to Reno. And now <laughs> with this four point lead if with it's ten over. seconds left, I think it's over for the pack. Um, you know what? But overall, now overall it was great season. Yeah, I would say for the pack. Uh, I I would say, you know, high expectations through last year, but kind of at the same time not really knowing what this year was going to bring for the pack. You know, you have Amanda Levins in her second year with the contract extension. You never you never really know what was going to happen. So I think it was a successful season for the pack. They they had some wins. They had some losses, of course. But um, I think ultimately it was, a, it was a really good season. I think it was it has good uh, building blocks for next year. Obviously, there there's some – there's some building blocks because most of this team is not seniors. As we mentioned, there's only two seniors. Mm-hmm. Amanda Levins was able to bring in seven freshmen. So it was great to see. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Nevada's going to ma- be making a postseason tournament. Uh, it was a great run. Uh, five sec- Down five with 11 seconds left. You never know what's going to happen, but it's the fact that Nevada's offense hasn't able- been able to get a field goal in the last 355. Boise picked up on defense. And the fact that they turned the ball over 23 times. You're not going to win games when you turn the ball over. Yeah, I agree. Um, that assist-to-turnover ratio was god-awful. Right. I mean, ultimately, they played well. They out-rebounded them. They outshot them. It just comes down to locking down their one player and turning the ball over. So, like we said, it was a good good, good game and ultimately good season for the pack. They they played really well, and I'm excited and uh, pumped to see what they can do next year with those freshmen now going to be sophomores and so on. Yeah. Um, with that being said, we are wrapping up this segment. We're going to take a quick break and jump into the final segment. Jungle. Audio Jungle. We are back for the final segment of today's episode. We start things off in Santa Clara University or Moraga, California, depending on where Nevada played. Uh, Nevada took place in the Silicon Valley Classic 2. A softball team went 2-2 uh, and t- uh, two and two in the tournament with wins over Cal State Fullerton and wins over Northern Kentucky, losses to Cal State Northridge and UC Davis. And then on Sunday, they had a doubleheader against St. Uh, Mary's, and they won both games. So it's great to see the pack got a quick, nice. They went four, four, they won four out of six games. They got two games, especially as they're heading into Mountain West play. Uh, they got the two big wins over St. Mary's. They won 2 nothing, and then 9 nothing. That 9 nothing game was a mercy rule in the fifth. Looking at that game, Dallas Millwood hit a home run in the second, and then 
Sierra Mello doubled in the seventh inning to give the pack their only their runs of the game. But overall, Nevada uh, did well. They had two hits, seven runs, played really well in the field, gave up obviously zero runs, zero errors, which is great to see. We've known errors have troubled the pack in some games this year. But, uh, yeah, overall, great great pitching from uh, Julia Jensen, who improved her record to 6-1 and one on the year. She went seven innings, four hits, uh, two walks, seven Ks. Looked good. Yeah, I think the overall kind of narrative of softball this past weekend was defense and how their pitching was able to perform. Like you said, Julia Jensen, who's now 6-1 and one on the year, who's been – awesome consistently great for Nevada pitched the entire game and only allowed four hits which is amazing for the entire game and then you look at uh when they played Fullerton too uh the be- the first game of the um little stretch they had going on you know they beat them 5-0 and again it's the pitching and the defense that we see from Nevada uh we see Kendall Fritz and Julia Jensen again pitching in that game Fritz went five innings and, and gave up six hits but no earned runs and then Julia Jensen, again, like we said, came in for two innings, only allowed one hit, no earned runs. So these these pitchers are really doing a great job uh, for the softball this season, allowing you know low 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 runs and really giving great defense for the pack to be able to win. You know what the craziest thing is about this softball team? Through 33 games, they've only used four pitchers. Crazy. crazy. Jensen's pitched uh, in 12 games. Kendall Fritz pitched in 10. Those are obviously the two best pitchers. Julia Jensen's got a 2.96 ERA. Fritz has got a 3.21. Uh, they've looked good. But overall, yeah, you look at Jensen. She's thrown 48 innings. Kendall Fritz is right there, 47 innings. But overall, these pitchers have looked good. The offense has looked even better. You you can obviously start to tell who's like the hitters. They got three hitters. Who are above 300 and mm-hmm. two who are right there. Kenzie Goins leads the team, batting a ridiculous 362. Um, um, Sierra Mello 338. That's ridiculous. That's incredible too. Lauren Gutierrez uh, 311. Ashley Salasis Salasis or however you pronounce the name 293. So right up there. When you look at the RBI total, you have three players who are above. Uh, double-digit RBIs, and then, yeah, you look at the slugging percentage. Honestly, we're looking at Kenzie Goins and having this absolute ridiculous year. Uh, 362 batting average, a 1.077 OPS, a slugging percentage of 638, on-base percentage of 439. Yeah, that's absolutely... These are numbers that are going yeah. to tear up the Mountain West play mm-hmm. as we start this week, where Nevada does... Uh, has their first home game this week, mm-hmm. uh, and they face off against Utah State to start Mountain West play. Should be interesting to see what the crowd is like because it is officially the start of spring break. So who knows how many people are going to actually come out and support. This is a Utah State softball team that is 8-11 on the year. Not great. Uh, they're currently on a two-game losing streak. They, they like Nevada, haven't played a home game yet. So it'll be interesting to see how this, um, yeah, how this game happens. Uh, obviously, they come to Nevada. You got three games set on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you come out, um, game Friday is at five p.m. Saturday, two p.m. Sunday, one p.m. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really. I'm really interested to see how you know they start Mountain West play. I think our offensive firepower and that kind of combined with how great our pitching and fielding has been. Uh, as of as of late, I think we beat Utah State, and I think you know, like you said, these these girls that are hitting the ball like crazy numbers, having crazy RBIs, having crazy on base percentage, they're really gonna give us a great boost going forward. I think Dallas Millwood is a is someone that is kind of fl- flown under the radar. She had two eighty five average. But uh, she's second on the team for RBIs, and she's second on the team for slugging percentage, too. So I think, you know, with, with our offense and our pitching, the way that we've been playing, I think this is, you know, the start of a really good uh, season for Nevada softball. This Nevada uh, softball team is sixth in the Mountain West. Um, there's some tough teams. Boise mm-hmm. State, 17-2. and two. They're on a 16-game winning streak. 
Uh, Utah State is second to last, so obviously Nevada has a great weekend. It can propel itself to the top of the Mountain West. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Nevada does a very good weekend this weekend. Um, I think they come away with some wins, um, at least two. Obviously, we gave our predictions last week for baseball. They didn't come true. Speaking of which, Nevada dropped three out of four uh, in southern, the southwest part of the United States. They dropped two, uh, dropped the game at Grand Canyon, two to th- three to two, and then they dropped the first two in San Diego, three to one and eight to five. But they were able to get the uh, salvage the weekend with a six to five win in uh, extra innings. With a pack in the last two innings of play, put up four runs. So it was great to see uh, the pack get some runs. They got runs in the 10th by Nick Siemens uh, and Tyler Bassetti, who had two singles. So it was good to see the pack um, come at least get one win in the weekend. Right, yeah. Like, we'd like to see them get more than just one, obviously. But it was great to see the the pack finally you know, show up with their offense, especially two runs late in the 10th. To give them the to give them the lead to give them the win ultimately six five, so that's just that's something we didn't we haven't really seen lately. It was more just leaving guys on base. That was kind of the the theme of our baseball team so far. But hopefully with this win we can turn around. San Diego State's a really good baseball program. Um, they they've been in and out of the Mountain West, you know, standings being really well and then kind of dropping. So. It's interesting to see. Hopefully, the pack can get things going and turn things around. But um, not a horrible start. Just like to see him win a couple more games. You're right, uh, Nevada. This was an offensive firepower in that Sunday game. Six, eleven runs combined, twenty-eight hits combined. Uh, you look at the pack. Uh, they were led by Bassetti and McLaughlin. Each had three hits. Nick Siemens two. Marco Valenzuela two. Dylan Shrum two. So. One thing you've been harping on all year is left on base. Nevada yeah. had 14 runners left on base, so obviously you gotta you gotta convert more into runs. Runs, but Nevada uh, has an away game uh, Tuesday, three o'clock again in Santa Barbara. So continue the Southwest road trip, uh, and then they return home to face New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico um, is a team that. They are uh, in baseball. They're ten and five on the year, two and one in conference. Uh, pretty good. They they faced some tough teams to begin the year when they faced the eighth ranked Oregon State and twenty fourth ranked Minnesota. But other than that, they they had one weekend uh, tournament where they won two out of three against San Jose State. Right, and San Jose State's you know, granted we know what they've they've done in other sports, but they're not a bad baseball team. Um, you know they've they've shown up as, uh, um, so far of late. They're nine and six overall, three and three in conference, sitting third place. So uh, San Jose State's a pretty good team. So if for for Fresno State to for um, for sorry for New Mexico to uh, beat them twice is pretty is pretty good. So it'll be a good matchup for the, for the pack to you know play play a good San Diego State team and then come around and play a good New Mexico team as well. I think we can get a win. If we can squeak out two against New Mexico, that would be great. Um, but I'm, I'm going to hold back on my bold predictions because of what happened last week. So I'm going to say they win um, two of four from this stretch starting Tuesday. I think they beat Santa Barbara and win one more against New Mexico. You're right. Wrapping up today's show, it was recently announced the uh, Mountain West Men's Player of the Year or – Mountain West Media Member Awards. So, in the media award winners, uh, obviously, the Caleb and uh, Jordan Caroline were named to the first team All-Mountain West. Jazz Johnson named Sixth Man of the Year. Cody Martin was selected to the uh, second team All-Mountain West. So, it was great to see. Um, yeah, it was great to see these players do well. Cody and Treshawn Thurman. Got a player, defensive player of the year uh, nominations. They didn't win, but it was great to see the pack have a good, good statistical year. Now we're still waiting on uh, the coaches' selection, which come out tomorrow. But this is just the media predictions. 
Uh, Utah State obviously wrapped up the award. Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Newcomer. No, they didn't win Newcomer of the Year. Player of the Year. But they had a great year. Right. Um, Well-deservingly so. Right. I think, I think yeah, Utah State, for some, for a team that was picked to finish so far behind everyone else and to completely exceed expectations, you have to give it up for you know their squad, their coach. So they should get a lot of um, awards. But I think it's awesome that we got a lot of awards ourselves. You know, Jordan Caroline, Caleb Martin, I feel like those are no-brainers first team. They absolutely killed it. They were – you know, they were getting Mountain West Player of the Weeks, you know, left and right during the season. But it was also good to see Jazz Johnson get sixth yep. man of the year. He played, he's played well. He averaged right. one of the top three-point shooters in the nation. Yeah, it's just it's good to see someone's hard work and dedication pay off in an award at the end of the season. We knew that Jazz was an incredibly important member of the Wolfpack, and now he's getting recognition for that, and it's great. You're right. And wrapping up today's show, any final thoughts? Uh, go pack and uh, support all pack athletics. If you are in Vegas for the tournament, tweet us a picture of where you're sitting and we'll retweet you. Make sure to support the pack. Uh, no matter where they play, whether it's in, well, outside after Vegas, whether it's in Hartford, Tulsa, uh, Columbia, San Jose. San Jose, wherever it is, come out and show your support. Tweet us your picture of your seats and we'll make sure to retweet it. And with that being, say, with that being said, we will see you guys next week.